Want to have safe kinky sex? Make sure you make your way over to AdamEve.com. Adam and Eve has over 12 million satisfied customers worldwide. Everything from the newest vibrators to classic movies. When you're on AdamEve.com, make sure to enter in the promo code HUSH50. That's H-U-S-H-5-0 to get 50% off almost any one item and free shipping. Do I need to say that again? Free shipping. Make sure you have your kinky safe sex needs satisfied by visiting AdamEve.com. Welcome to Hush, the podcast guaranteed to give you a load of fun. And with that being said, let's slide into the episode. Thank you for tuning in to Hush Volume 55. This is Kim, and I have my co-host with me. Chris. And we're here to bring you the shit you love to hear. Let's go ahead and get started tonight. Um, I'm very excited to bring our guest Steve onto the show. Hello, this is Steve. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I just uh, wanted to contact you guys just to tell a little bit of my story of where I'm coming from as a 45-year-old recently divorced guy. Um, I, I've had a divorce for about three and a half years. I have two daughters, 18 and 13. My ex-wife is, uh, Thai from Thailand, so my kids are half Asian. Um, I'm just trying to have multiple relationships as far as polyamorous, having good relationships, and I'm free to talk about anything, vasectomies, everything, so, um, just here to... Let people know a little bit of how the dating scene is going and how relationships are at this stage in a person's life. So, all right, we're excited to hear your stories. Thank you again for joining us today for Volume Fifty Four of Hush. Um, let's go ahead and dive a little bit deeper. So, let's start from the beginning. Do you mind sharing how you lost your virginity? Can you give us that V card story? Well, it's going to be really boring in a way because. It probably happened over a week because I really can't pinpoint it because um, i not your average guy. I didn't go to high school. I went to a private school to shut down when I was like 12 or so, so I was homeschooled. And I started going to Pima when I was around 16. And I'm more, I've been more of a uh, traditional guy, like a traditional conservative person, um, believing in marriage and, and also trying to stay safe with myself. So... Even in college, I didn't fool around very much, and I waited to lose my virginity when I was got married at 25 years old. So um, my my now ex, uh, when we got married, she was 35 and she was a virgin. So I'm now thinking back on it and thinking there's probably more fear on her part. So we got married and didn't go on a honeymoon. So. So losing Virginia probably happened over a week or so, just taking it slow, and um, that was how it was. How was that first time? How long did it last? (laughs) Well, it was just, uh, it was just trying to be careful, you know, not hurt her, and she was wet and everything, but just taking it slow, a little bit here and a little bit there, so I really can't even pinpoint what I would actually say when it was. 
guys because just being careful every night for a week, uh, a little bit here, dipping in, uh, trying not to hurt her. So it, I can't even say when it was. And diving now into where you're currently at with the dating online, was that all new to you, uh, considering the fact that you had been with this woman for so many years and here we are now and you're back into the dating scene? How was that? Yeah, it was weird because I really, um, I mean, I really didn't even have a girlfriend. Um, I mean, my, my wife, ex-wife, was my first girlfriend pretty much ever. I'd had a few women, but... Uh, I liked at the time Asian women, so uh, I knew a few in college, quite a few actually, and um, never really did anything. So me having a girlfriend and fooling around a lot or learning how to talk to women and stuff like that, I really never learned it. So after, I mean, even before my divorce was over, I filed my divorce in 2016, and it took a year and a half and doing a lot of stuff with my kids, uh, moving houses and, and stuff like that. I, I got online to get on Tinder before the divorce was even over. I tried to wait. Um, I had a friend that I worked with for many, many years, and she always wanted to, to screw me at work, and I never did it. And then um, I actually did it with her first because she always wanted to, and she's in Phoenix, so she came down. And that was okay. I was just kind of, I was really skittish because I never done anything before so I'm a lot less skittish now as far as STDs and everything but with her you know I do, I do condoms a lot on for on women uh, meeting first but back then I was kind of really really skittish as far as catching anything so it was kind of I guess a little overboard um, you know, <laughs> using dental dams and stuff like that which is fine but it's just now I'm kind of just more going with the flow if you were with a person for a long enough time and you trust them and they trust you and I've already had a vasectomy so I'm not worried about that. I was actually going to bring that up when you mentioned that earlier. Um, so do you believe in that primarily or do you feel like a woman should get her tubes tied? Just switching it up a little bit. Um, no, I... I, my dad was still alive, he's not now, but my dad was still alive when I first started getting the divorce, and so I, I sat him down and told, I didn't want to, but we had a lot of issues, my wife had anger issues, and it wouldn't, it was too much, we had too much stress in the marriage, so I filed, and so even before the divorce was over, I said, all right, I'm not going to have kids anymore, because uh, I've got two, and I'm not going to be changing diapers anytime soon, so I don't want to do that. And so I told my dad that I'm going to get a vasectomy, and he said, he said, what if you find somebody that you want to have another kid with? And I said, no, I'm at a different stage in my life, and I don't want to be uh, bamboozled as far as caught, uh, either on purpose or on accident, with some pregnancy. And so I just want to take responsibility full and say it's not happening. So I, I, I. I'm fine getting vasectomy, perfectly fine with it. I was going to do it years ago after we had our second child. Um, I was, because my wife was pregnant, this is, she, my second daughter's almost, um, almost 13. And when my wife was pregnant with her, my, uh, my vasectomy done. But we were talking one time with the, uh, with her gynecologist who was going to deliver the baby. And she said, well, she's doing a C-section anyway, because my wife had C-section the first time. And so she said she's going to be in there anyway, uh, 
cutting out a baby, so she said she'll tie her tubes anyways while, while she's there. So so that's why I didn't get it at the time. And I would have done it, but so after the divorce, I chose to do it just so I wouldn't have to worry about anything like that. Okay, understandable. Um, when it comes to sex and knowing that you have that vasectomy, do you feel, well, I know that you said you were cautious in the beginning. How do you feel now? knowing that chances of a pregnancy are very unlikely um i feel better about it really i mean i so i'm gonna tell you about some women that i have now and the past and most of the time i'm gonna refer to them racially as far as that's just how i identify them because i had a girlfriend for a few months last year who was mexican and i have a i'm polyamorous so i have a white woman girlfriend and a black woman girlfriend right now and um, last year when I had the Hispanic girlfriend, she had two kids and um, she was still old enough to have kids, so she was skittish. She was kind of worried about having sex in, um, in the beginning with or without a condom because she already had enough accidents and so she was concerned. So before I, before I, we had sex, I um, went back and got tested again for to see if I had any swimmers because I already had that test before when I had the vasectomy, made sure there was no swimmers, and then two years later or so, I went and got a recheck just to make sure that uh, there was no accident and I could get anybody pregnant. So that really threw my mind on that. And so you mentioned the polyamorous relationship. Do these girls know about each other? No. I'm, when I set up the relationships with them, um, I've had the, my white girlfriend for about like a year, year and a half and um, my black one for maybe nine months, something like that. And so it really didn't set it up um, to be polyamorous with, a, with either of them, but it just kind of got into a talk a few months in and I was just telling them where I am in my life and they already know from the beginning, because when I was on Tinder, I met one on Tinder um, and one on Bumble. And so, that was just kind of both with both of them set up to be fuck buddy scenarios and for me it's I, I really don't have fuck buddies i have just a person that comes over and we go to dinner and go to, to go to movies and watch stuff and have good conversations and have sex and so it's not just a, a booty call relationship and so uh, i just they already knew from the beginning that at this stage of my life i can honestly say i'm never getting married again so i would never get married again I'm not going to say that it's, I won't have a long-term relationship, but uh, it kind of just opened up the, the polyamorous stuff with my white girlfriend first because we just, it devolved in a, into a conversation once and we kind of set the rules. And I just said, you know, I'm, this is who I am. I'm here to spend time with you. And if, if I, you know, want to be with someone else and it doesn't detract too much time from our relationship and then if you want to have someone else to fill some other niche in your life that I can't give you, then I'm open to that too. I, I'm kind of against anger, resentment, jealousy, and all those things in life now. So it's just I'm here to have beautiful moments with people. So that's how it is. And I was actually going to bring that up to uh, play devil's advocate in a, in a way and ask what if they had another relationship and... Uh, you know, you just said that you're in fullest support of that. Um, well, well, I mean, I haven't had that. I haven't had that chance, as far as they don't um, that I know of. But you know, 
I, I have really good conversations with people where that's partly why I'm here because I'm a big mouth. I can talk a lot. And um, I honestly wanted to ask them, you know, what, because I don't know what I would feel. Uh, I've never had a three-way. And so I don't know what I would feel. I, I really do need to ask them and say, you know, if we were here and I was having sex with another woman, what would you feel? And if you were having sex with another guy on the bed, and I was watching, what would I feel? Because I honestly don't know. Okay. That kind of puts a twist on things. Now I'm wondering, so if one of them were to come out, that's just a work in, in progress, I suppose, if they were to say, well, I have somebody else. Do you think that they suspect that you are in a polyamorous situation? Um, who would suspect? What do you mean? Well, I know that you brought it up to them that if you want to see somebody, but do you think yeah. that they know that there is somebody well, for sure? Well, we set it up, and it was kind of the rules that they didn't want to know because they didn't want to to to, to feel jealousy, and so that's that was just so when I say like set up rules, I don't mean I'm hard, I'm strict, I'm a jerk. I just say have a good conversation, talk about it, and say okay, well, let's just say that um, this is who I am. I'm going to enjoy moments with you that are beautiful. I will talk with you about your kids and your family and your problems, and we can do the same and spend good times together. And I promise myself, I mean, I promise nothing, honestly. I'm just here. And because the world, I mean, we all promise things. And marriage is supposed to be this big thing of promise and to stay together forever, and then things fall apart. So. The, you never know what the world is going to bring you. I mean, I, which I don't, which I doubt, I will ever move because I like where I live um, and all my family's here. But if someone that I'm with needs to move, which happens a lot more than I would ever do, then that's how it would be, and I would just have to say, yeah, that's that's fine. And so we, I just kind of set the rules that yes, you don't want to know about it, and uh, if I have another woman, because I with my wife girlfriend I was telling her a lot of the nightmare stories of dating that I did have uh, when we first got together I was telling her things about nightmare dates and so after a while she said you know okay I've had my saturation point she had her saturation point on hearing about other women and so I said okay I get your point and that's it I won't really talk about stuff like that anymore so you mentioned the nightmare stories can we hear a couple of them um, well, let me see. Let me look through my notes. I'll try and be extemporaneous on this stuff. <laughs> so most of my relationships have been uh, booty calls or fuck buddies. And so most of them have been older women as far as 40 to 45-year-old. And um, some have been younger in the 20s. But... Um, it's just with stuff like that with younger women if they're too young it's, there's a just difference where you guys can't hold a really good conversation together so I'm not against it but I've had a few times where you know if you have a 22 year old or 18 year old woman that can hold a conversation for six hours then that's fine that's beautiful but uh, well the first um, woman that I had on Tinder after my divorce um so I like skinny women, but now I'm just open to anybody, mostly uh, as far as um, a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, fine. I'm, I, 
I need to lose like 20 pounds myself, so I don't think I'm a 10, but I do try and make an effort to be the best lover I can be and be understanding. So um, the first woman I had on Tinder was a woman I chatted with. Um, she was a little on the big side, but um, I was just delving into into uh, booty call kind of stuff. And so we met for a beer, talked for a while, and she had just gotten divorced. And she'd been in a marriage for like 15 years or so. And she told me that she hadn't had sex in 10 years. Mm. So that's something you cobwebs. need to take into account. What? <laughs> Is it cobwebs? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I had to take that into account as far as she's going to be really skittish and really, she's wanting it. She's wanting to get out there again. But, um, and I was new to the game too. I just um, got to be really careful. Um, be as careful as you can as far as not hurting anyone's feelings and not jumping the gun. And so every time something bad has happened with a, with a, uh, relationship I take notes as far as what I did wrong or what they thought I did wrong and try and you know learn from that and so this woman we met for a beer talked for a long time and then she went back to my place and so we went up and got in late in bed and so we're laying there kissing and so I said uh, you know do you want me to take off my shirt and she said god no and so that was just like that was me going that was me going a little too fast so it's like all right fine so you know, just take it, just take it a little bit slower, and so we ended up going through the motions and going slower, and had sex, and she was fine, everything was great, and that was the one and only time with her, and so it got her back into the fucking scene, I guess, but um, every time stuff like that happens, well, I just need to, to, to learn that, okay, you really need to set a pace that is the woman's pace, okay? If you're going too fast, slow down. If you're, you need to really listen to her, listen to her body, listen to her uh, uh, nonverbal cues, stuff like that, so. I was just so thinking that, about uh, the Me Too, how you wanted to bring up a little bit about Me Too. Do you feel like that kind of plays into that? A lot of women are speaking out now with the Me Too movement. Um, well, for that, I mean, I've got a lot of notes on that, and for me, it's just about uh, being a guy who's scared of getting in trouble for anything. Not even if I do anything wrong, but if something is perceived as wrong, and if and just trying to be as careful as possible. And I've I've had dates where, and, and I've had dates before where you go on it and you think you're going to have a, a a sexual relationship, and you go and have a beer, and say would you mind if I kiss you now? And a woman says, no, not really. I don't really want it. And so even for a guy, that hurts because I'm here expecting not just a drinking buddy scenario, but, uh, you know, because that tells you right there at the time that, okay, I really don't want you. I'm really not interested in you sexually, so, okay. But the thing is, you you can't get mad about it. You just got to take it as it is. And so... um, with the Mies 2 stuff, most of my stuff has been set. It's different. I really, I have no game, personally. I go out to some places, downtown, clubs, but only every couple of months. And so I have no game. Pick, I haven't got no pickup game. I don't really know how to talk to women out there um, very much. And I do need to learn more. But now since we're in this coronavirus shutdown, then that's, that's a no-go. And so um, 
most it makes it a little easier as far as me too because if I was out in public, how would I talk to a woman? Because I don't know if I say the wrong thing too soon, she's going to get offended. So that's that's a setup that's different, you know, because um, that's face to face. But with um, with Tinder and Plenty of Fish and Bumble, you can kind of set the rules to begin with. Where this is who I am. I'm I'm talking a little bit sexual, texting to see where it flows from there, and so. Um, you can find women that are looking for a sexual relationship or they're looking for the love of their life. And if they're trying to find, you know, the, the, the love of their life, then I'm honestly not going to bother them. I'm not going to fake anything. I'm not going to lie to get into a woman's pants because if she's here to get married, then I'm not going to lie to her. So it makes it a little bit easier where you can ask a woman if, if it doesn't say in her bio, ask her what she's here for. Does she, you know, just for um, hiking buddies or um, friend with benefits or more. But uh, so for me, with the whole Me Too movement, a lot the Me Too movement's a very good thing. It has a lot of stuff that a lot of women have been abused and harassed and raped and other stuff that should have come up years ago. There should have been people in jail years ago. Mm-hmm. But they also that also has on some instances gone overboard some things have been a little bit overboard where nowadays harassment has such a low level of the bar where if if you're a college guy or someone else and if you look at a woman wrong or stare in her eyes for too long across the room sometimes that's considered sexual harassment so there's just it's such a a, an iffy thing right now that it's hard to really to to navigate those waters as far as what's okay, what's acceptable, what's over the line. And so I just take everything very cautiously. But for me, when I set up things on, on, on dating sites, I let them know I am here. I, I delve into the sexting waters as carefully as possible um, just to see what their level of comfort is. And if I'm, I mean, nowadays, for any guy that's listening, your best option is to go on coffee dates. Coffee or a drink. Go for that stuff to find out what they're in for as far as relationship. And, I mean, a guy, if he went out there to have sex with a woman and bought her a drink and then wanted sex immediately, that would be a jerk. But sometimes women now are on Facebook or on Tinder or dating sites honestly out there wanting to get a free meal from a guy. So I've had a few where... I went on a dinner date and spent 60 bucks and the woman doesn't even want to hug or kiss at the end. So it's like, all right, fine. I'm not going to be pissed about this. Me being mad and anything is not going to, not going to, to help anything. So just take it as a, something to learn from. So when I meet women, which I, I've only had two right now, but in the past two or three years, I've had a few women that were fun buddies, some good relationships, some very short lived. But for me, I sit down and have a good conversation over coffee and see what our levels are, see if we like each other. And then I will hold a woman's hands and I will just say, all right, here's the thing coming from me directly. I just want you to say that if I ever say anything or if I ever do anything that you don't like, that makes you feel uncomfortable, you have the freedom to get up and walk away. 
I won't stop you. I won't get mad. Nothing like that will happen. If you feel uncomfortable, you can just get up and walk out. That's my that's my statement to you. I it's it's perfectly fine. And my only problem with this is that I'm not recording it because honestly, I should be recording it just because this is a kind of statement I'm saying. Yes, I acknowledge to her now. Because I've, I've listened to stories where women talk about meeting the wrong guy on Craigslist or the wrong guy on Facebook, and it went too aggressively sexually too fast, and so it delved into sexual assault and or rape. So that's the kind of stuff I'm trying to, to alleviate. I'm trying to make a woman feel comfortable and just let her know that if I ever say or do anything, just walk out. Don't even worry about it. I like that you have that communication that it's just laid out there on the line for them, honestly. Um, not only is it for your sake as a man, like basically covering your own ass in the situation. I mean, of course, like the way you said, it would help with a little bit of recording on that because it's true. I, I totally agree as a woman coming from a feminine standpoint that some women do take advantage of the Me Too movement. You know, a, a touch on the shoulder could be se uh, sexual harassment and things like that that... I, I, I totally agree like it's bringing some of the right men to face the consequences of what, what they've done to take advantage of these women but it's also yeah. empowering some women to manipulate the situation so to speak so I, yeah. I totally agree with you I'm, I'm online with that um, I wanted to jump back into some of your date stories though if we could just ease <laughs> yeah well, well to, to, to uh, accentuate my point on that mm -hmm. I had one that was it could have been considered a nightmare but it wasn't I met a woman who was on, I believe, Tinder, and this is like a year, two years ago or so, in winter two years ago. And so we met on there, and she said she was going through a divorce, and so she wanted to get back into the fucking scene. And so she was Jewish, and so we met, and I don't know if you want me to, to say any names of places. It was at a garden that's well-known in, in town. And so said, okay, we'll just meet at this garden, and um, you got to pay to get in and walk around. They had a, a, a nighttime show with lights and stuff. And so we just planned on meeting there and um, kissing all the way around the garden, and so we did. So we met up and um, had a coffee there, and in every nook and cranny that was dark in the garden, we made out and felt each other up and had a great time. And so she said, all right, I want to go back to your place. So my drive from that garden to my house is probably 20 minutes or so. And so I said, all right, I, gave, I texted her my address. And I already gave her the statement too, saying, look, this is, this is uh, you know, who I am. And so I drive back and I didn't expect it to happen actually. I had, my house is usually pretty in order, but I didn't have my bed made up or anything like that. So I went back to my place, hurried up a little bit faster than she would. And so I got home, made up the bed, made up the room a little bit. And so I'm waiting like 20 minutes. And so, and so I text her and I said, did, did you get lost? And she and so she texts me back. She says, no, I'm at the store. I picked up a bottle of wine and I'm rethinking this. I don't know if I can do it. And so I immediately called her and I just said, you know, um, I said, what's your feeling? She said, well, I just think that I'm dealing with too much stress from the divorce and other things in life. And so I'm probably trying to fill a void in my life to alleviate the stress and I'm trying to do that with sex right now and she said she kept saying profusely I'm sorry I mean I didn't want to leave you on and I did I just said look don't even say sorry 
this is perfectly fine. I'm not mad at all. She said, are you mad? I said, no, don't worry about it. I said, don't say sorry. You don't have to. I mean, I know where you're coming from, and you wanted to go through with it, but you can't right now, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Don't worry about it. And so I just said, it's, I, I, I didn't say this to her, but I would rather have her bow out right now than have regret tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I get that. And so it was fine. I was perfectly fine with it. And I mean, I can be, you can, you, in this stage of my life, I can either choose to be pissed about something or not. I can choose to learn from it or not. So the only drawback to the end of the entire thing is I had to pay 15 bucks for each ticket. And so we went in there, it cost me 30 bucks. Now, it's just, no, I mean, it didn't happen, didn't work out. And that was it. I, I, I would, I, I tell a lot of people in life now not to be sorry. I, if I have a friend come over and they say, yeah, I haven't showered, you know, I'm okay. You think, I think I'm dirty. I need to do my hair. It's like, don't say sorry. Everything's fine. I, nowadays, am choosing not to say sorry in life for things that are out of my control. If I, because it comes down to abusive relationships and, and people being mad. If I go across town and I'm a little late to meet you by five or 10 minutes, but it was because of traffic, I'm not going to say sorry because that's it. That's how it was. If somebody gets mad about it, then they're not the right person who has understanding in their life. So, Chris totally agrees. I'm like a big person that always says sorry, but you know what? Like this is kind of intriguing me. Like I, I always apologize for things, and Chris is like, just don't, you know. And he's he's in total consensus with you right now about that. Um, I wanted to dive into a little bit about what you had mentioned to me about masculine energy and about appreciating a woman for her feminine beauty and her energy. Um, is that uh, is that kind of easy to establish when you're online or uh, chatting with the woman and explain to her your views, I guess, about the masculine energy that you're choosing to bring? Well, it doesn't really... St- come up from I guess it can come up well the, the white woman I'm with right now I do and I have over the past three years listened to a lot of YouTube stuff as far as pickup artists so there's lots of bullshit stuff from pickup artists but I do there's a few men that I do like that say look and I don't know if you agree with me Kim but I do believe that the world is starved of masculine energy I think the world is starved of masculinity that is good and wholesome and wanted and needed. Um, so it doesn't really, for me, it starts with sexting, where with I pretty much with my white girlfriend, I started that a while ago because um, she was getting a divorce or just got a divorce. And so we started off on, we met on Bumble. And so I, here's my thing. If on Tinder or any other thing, I'll text a woman, when is the last time you were kissed deeply with passion? Because if they're not here for a sexual relationship, if they want to just find the love of their life while they while they stay very, um, you know, just very um, going by the rules, 
levels as far as meeting, dating, courting, you could say going through the whole thing. I mean, I'm not about that as far as being married and wanting to find somebody that's going to be the person to come into their life and marry them and take care of their kids, stuff like that. I will just ask a woman, when's the last time you were kissed deeply with passion? Because I want her to be thinking about or accepting where I come from because I'm coming from a place of passion. It does. It does, actually. I think, like the way you said, um, it does pique their interest. I totally agree with what you had brought up to me. Um, and they kind of well, know what direction it's going from there. I mean... Yeah, yeah. That's that's why I do it, because, I mean, I'll get back to the, to the masculine energy part in a minute, but for me, it sets the mood of where I'm coming from, where I've said it a lot, and there have been relationships that text for two weeks or text for a day, and, and, and because any woman who says that I'm not here for that or that's not what I'm about, then that's perfectly fine, you, because... You're getting to the point faster of, okay, this is who I am, this is who you're not, and we won't meet in the middle. So why would I spend days, weeks, or months learning that it's not going to work between us? So I'm setting that. I mean, so not to be mean, but I've dated Hispanics and blacks and whites, and the only ones that I haven't really gotten back into are Asians, where with my wife, ex-wife, she was a lovely woman beautiful but there's for me there's only two types of asians in the world women asian women prudes and skanks the prudes are the ones who are typical as far as being nice and wholesome and wanting to get married and have a family and then the others are ones who are probably being skanks because they want to piss off their parents so i haven't really dated any any uh, sexual asian women's after my divorce because there was one woman I texted, she was Filipino, really great body, 40, 45, pretty. And so we text, we matched on Tinder, and um, I'm texting her for a little bit, and I say, when was the last time you were kissed deeply with passion? She said, yeah, it's been a long time. And uh, I said, well, maybe you need more practice. She said, well, I don't know, I'm not really into that. And I said, well, maybe you need you should be maybe you should think about it and she said well I don't know that's not really my thing maybe that's why my husband left me so <laughs> you know it's I, it's I don't get it if you're a 45 year old Asian woman who exercises and tries to look beautiful and wants to be with a man but not really that sexually why are we here to look good to look good for what to I don't know well, it's not to look good naked, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. So, no, I mean, I've learned to delve more into the masculine energy where I don't like it, but Fifty Shades of Grey. Fifty Shades of Grey is technically a bullshit story. It's great, it's seductive, but it's, for me, I found that women that I know of really love being bitten hard on the back of the neck. You'll have to try it, and I found that that's a great thing that really spurs a woman's interest, and I try and show a woman that she's wanted. I, If I'm with a woman and my girlfriends, if I walk them to the bedroom, I'll stop midway down the hallway and push them against the wall, because I'll push them against the wall, kiss them deeply, turn them around, bite their neck, because... I want a woman to know that I can't even resist walking 30 feet down the hallway without wanting her. 
You had mentioned um, to penetrate the woman with that masculine energy. You said, use your masculine energy. She must always know that you both are alone and at any moment you will bend her over. So is this typically, I don't want to get like too personal if you're uncomfortable, but is that how it is um, with both relationships now that you've gone... Well, with one of them, you said about nine months, and then the other one passed the year mark. Do you still keep yeah. that passion like that in both of these relationships? Yes. Yes, yes. and um, with my white girlfriend, um, she was married same as me as far as probably like 16 or 17 years, and so we texted for a long time on Bumble. We texted for a month or more even because it was around Christmas, like um, or Christmas uh, two Christmases ago, and so family was in town for her, and she had to go out of town, and this and that, so we were talking, texting for two or three weeks or more before we even met, and so we were texting good stuff and talking on the phone a little bit, and so she wanted a little more passion in her life, and so we met, and then sh shortly after the second date, um, we had sex in my car, and so from then on, in the next three to four weeks, she said she had more sex in three weeks than she did in the past three to five years of her marriage. Oh, wow. Wow. Because my point on that is he was an asshole. He was just a cocky asshole that wouldn't do things. He was a pothead. He just wouldn't take care of things, did things that were not good in a marriage. And so, my, I mean... My problem with any sex advice or dating advice or marriage advice is it's not it, it doesn't work for everybody. I tried to turn my marriage around years ago. I tried to show her little videos of this and that, trying to, to get our marriage. We had scheduled sex once a week. We just set it up, and it was scheduled sex once a week on Sunday afternoon. That was our thing because... It, it just there was not really any passion there, but that's the least amount that my, or the most amount my wife could give. So for me, with the women I'm with, I keep that passion going. It's delved off a little bit. Uh, it's dived off a little bit, but not much where, I mean, when you're with a person for the first few months and, and on a Friday and Saturday night and 24 hours, you're having sex four times and you're getting chafed, that's great, but you know, Nowadays, when we meet, we have sex twice, twice a week or so, maybe more on a weekend, but I just try and keep that passion, because there are pickup artists that I've listened to, and there's a guy who's very good, uh, his name's Zan Perion, and he has a book, um, and that's where I got that line from. A woman needs to know that at any moment, you will bend her over, and it's if you're passionate and you care about each other, because if a woman doesn't want it all the time, she should know that, yes, it might happen for two, three months where he's going to bend me over multiple times a week. And then it'll probably drop off to a steady pace. But I think a woman should know that she's wanted at the, at the drop of a hat. I'm going to say as a female, yes. I think that that's one of the things that Chris and I try to instill still is the passion in our relationship. So... It, I mean, to me, I feel like I mentioned it too on, on a podcast. If I feel like the passion is going kind of stagnant, I have cheated before. And that was to find passion with somebody else. That's not a good thing, but I'm guilty of doing that. And I'm not saying that that's the, the path that I want to embark with Chris, but I, I totally agree with that. Like, 
that needs to be there, that, that physical fire. Uh, how deeply emotional do you get with each of these women? Um, technically very emotional. Um, I don't mind. See, for me, I hate cockiness and I hate bravado. I really do. I see the world from a different standpoint where I'm a 45-year-old guy who's not ever been very cocky. Who I, I'm not here to prove things as far as a man. If I was at a bar, and even if I had a girlfriend there, and she does something and he comes over and starts talking to her, if she wants to leave with him, fine. Because I'm not going to get in a fight to prove my love for her or anything. Because, look, you're the woman. You're an adult. You can choose him or me. I really don't care. Um, so I hate bravado. I don't get in bar fights. I never will. I'm just a guy who, if you want to see me as a passionate lover who is here for great sex and great conversation, then I'm here for that because my two women have families. Um, they've got kids who are about my kid's age, and I have more time with my white lover because um, she has her kids off on a weekend that matches mine, so I'm free for a weekend without my kids. And my black girlfriend, she's got her mother and her daughters living with her, and so I really don't have the time to get with her as much as the other one. Um, I have my black lover set aside for one day a week, most of the time that I can get. And I have, I'm working a lot of overtime hours, so I really do have to, to make time for, for my black girlfriend. But I really do try and set time where, yes, you come over and we watch a movie, have dinner, have great sex, and talk for a while. And I'm very open to people. I, my biggest topics in life right now are race, racism, sexism, feminism, stupidity, politics. So I have talks over chess or watching movies and, and I show them videos and they show me stuff about things that are happening in the world. So as far as an emotional thing, I want them to, to tell me about their day and about the problems they're having with their kids. And so I'm not closed off to it. I'm not a very emotional guy as far as crying. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm fine with that, but it just it doesn't come up that much for me. And for me, I just want a relationship that is totally different from what I had before. Because with my two women, I've been with one for over a year and a half, and we have never had a fight about anything, really. There was only one time that she got a little mad about something, and that was it. it there was nothing, because I'm not going to accept drama. I'm not going to accept anger, and I tell nicely in my relationships, because from where I come from, my ex had anger issues, had terrible anger issues. So you can technically say I came from a verbally, emotionally abusive relationship. And so with my women, I tell them nicely when we're after in it, in a few weeks, a few months, I say, just so you know that if we ever have a fight and we're out in public and you yell at me, that's it the relationship's over. I just want them to know that I'm not going to fall for that. I'm not going to be in that. And that's what I was thinking, um, what I was trying to get to when I was bringing up this question about how emotional do you get with these women? Because uh, in, in my opinion, I feel like the a, re a relationship, not just a fuck buddy, because, you know, some people have had yeah. that as well. I'm, I've had that as well myself. But it has to be 
physical with that passion as well as emotional when it comes to family though i'm really curious have you met any of their kids um with my white woman i've only met i've met her kids and the my black woman i haven't because she's a nurse and she works weird hours um so she likes works third shift all the time so with her family relationship um i haven't met her kids but my other woman i have and i've met them a few times and um gone to their house and gone out a little bit with their daughter and son and I listen to what's happening in her life with them and I try and be helpful but it's a hard line to do because with my Mexican girlfriend last year my daughters I've got an older daughter who just turned 18 and so I tried I tried to delve my my daughters into my relationships a little bit slowly and so with my girlfriend last year she my older daughter met her only twice we went to a movie once and my daughter got a little ticked about that um because it was the i mean and i understand she doesn't she's never known a relationship with me anything besides me and her mom and so i tried to to delve them in slowly and so she met once was mad about it and then a couple months later we had i was getting together at a fourth of july party with a friend and so i asked her i said are you okay meeting the girlfriend again are you are you okay with that and she said yes and then after that it wasn't fine she got really mad about it and we had a fight and so that's where i am at with my with my girlfriends now i will not really even though they want to women most of the time want to melt families together really fast they want it to be a good relationship and they want to meet your kids and you have their kids meet yours and, and play together but i just tell them that this happened before and mostly my older daughter can't really handle it so we're just going to have to take it a lot slower and how do they take that so these girlfriends now have they they were i assume they were accepting of it because you said you're not for anger you're not for drama um yeah was that easy um, to accept or were they a little easily offended? Because I agree. I, I've totally met um, when I before Chris and I got back together because I told you we had a period where well, technically we're still divorced, but we're together legally speaking. Um, but during the divorce, I had actually wanted to meet like anybody who had kids that I was seeing. Um, when they were ready for that and I totally yeah. agree I go into that position thinking like okay this is what I need to do to make it a good scenario and uh, actually one of the relationships that got kind of crazy uh, um, with one of the guys that I was seeing his the mother of his children took the kids to Texas because uh, she knew that he was seeing me and that didn't you know totally backfired um, yeah. how did these women accept that for Your girlfriend. I know that my white girlfriend, she took it a little bit hard. Um, just, it wasn't too bad because um, I took my younger daughter who had a birthday a while last year, and so I took her to skate country. And so my younger daughter is very um, strong. She's very emotionally strong. She really doesn't give a shit. She, as long as she has her phone to look at, you can do whatever you want. She doesn't care. And so, so. I took her and her friends to skate country, and my white girlfriend was just down the road a mile or two, and so I was bored because none of the other parents showed up. They just dropped their kids off, and so I was there by myself. So I asked my daughter, are you okay if I have my girlfriend come over to sit down and talk? And she said, yeah, no problem. 
So I did. I called her and said, hey, come down. And so we sat there for two hours, and, and everything was fine. My daughter's skating with her friends and really doesn't give a shit, so that was fine. And then later, I had to go across town for something, and I had my older daughter in the car, and I had to drop something off at my white girlfriend. So I said, okay, here, can I go and drop it? Because I thought that would be a very short thing. All I'm doing is dropping something off at her house, and you might need her for 10 seconds. So I said, are you okay with that? And she said, yes. So I drive across town, drop that off, and she met her, didn't even get out of the car, and she was fine with that. She's met her, I believe, once or twice now, and she's okay with it a little bit. But um, they're okay with it because they have to be. You know, I spend more time with my white girlfriend and her kids because it just works out as far as scheduling. Her kids are, are there more when I visit, so that's how it is. And I want to go ahead and switch up gears a little bit. So I'm glad now that your oldest daughter is coming to an understanding. Really quick, I just wanted to touch on that still. Um, If there's somebody that your daughters are not comfortable with, does that affect your relationship with that person? I mean, do you cut them off or do you still continue to try to make it work? I wouldn't cut them off. All I would do is cut them off for my daughter. That's it. I would just say, look, um... Uh, and I've had good long talks with my daughters, and I really do on occasion. I have really good talks with them where I sit them down, tell them about life stuff, tell them about relationships and scenarios and work and job and marriage and all this stuff. And so if it was a person that they didn't like, I would not cut them off from my life, but I would cut them off from her life. I wouldn't talk about talk about her around them around my daughter just so I don't if it's a problem point but they know where I am at in life they know that I'm never I tell them I am never getting married again I say I don't I I don't have to I and I'm a very controversial person because I could say lots of things that I think the world is going in different bad directions but for me I would honestly tell a young 20 year old guy not to get married say look for you between the ages of 20 and 30 years old don't get married you need to work on yourself you need to get your life in gear you need to get more maturity earn your money and date around but don't get any women pregnant and don't really have a super super serious relationship till you're later because I see a lot of guys that are immature and they don't make anything of themselves and they have nothing to give so they just need to to really find out who they are and what they're up for in life and they've got time they 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 have time later in life more than women do as far as having kids so i just for me i wouldn't cut the cut that woman off from my life but i would cut them off from my daughters just saying she she doesn't emotionally can't handle the fact that I'm seeing someone and if I try and blend you into our life it's not going to work out for I don't know how long that's all I would say okay I get that understandable uh switching the pace a little bit I wanted to talk about the coronavirus you mentioned a little bit about the world and I want to talk about how does that affect your relationships? Does it affect any dating or sex? Well, obviously you can't go out to bars or, or any restaurants anymore, but how is that affecting everything? Um, it really hasn't because my women are very passionate and they want to spend time together. So 
it's uh, only affected as far as we can't go out to movies right now, can't go out to restaurants. So, um, from my standpoint and from the women I'm with, we're all going to get coronavirus someday. We need to be careful about it, but they just know that this is how it is. And whether you think it's as deadly or more deadly than the flu that happens every year, that's debatable. But I mean, I and my daughters, we used to go to visit my grandmother and aunts every week to have dinner with them. My aunt, my grandmother is 94 years old. So we need to stop that for the past month or more because we don't want to bring anything over there and give to them. And my aunts are 60, close to 70 years old. So, so that part, had, we've had, I've had to shut off with them, with that part of my family, uh, because I don't want to give it to them. But my women are perfectly fine. Me coming over, the whole Netflix and chill thing is still happening. So, and I guess, I think women and mothers have more... Um, antibodies as far as fighting off colds and flu so i think they know that and i've been with my women where even though i'm not feeling too well and getting over a cold or flu they still want to be with me and kiss me and i'm not even comfortable with that but they are so so everything's still going <laughs> so everything's still going so you mentioned with uh, your black girlfriend that she lives with her her kids and her her mother is there as well yeah. is that correct so yeah. with her, how how's that sex situation? Do you have sex in the house with her when you're able to see her, or is she one of the ones that like? Would you take her out? I guess out of the um, out of the house. She only comes over to my house. I've never been to hers, mm-hmm. and um, I have my kids half the week. Where I set it up, where most of the time I have my kids Wednesday through Friday and Saturday nights. So that's my schedule. I have it. Most of, I'm free Saturday night through Wednesday, so that's how it is where I'm freed up and, and can do whatever I want, so, yeah, I mean, she can't really do stuff with me at her house, but she can come over to mine. Okay, all right, I was curious about that, and then the whole coronavirus and her being a nurse, that doesn't stop the passion at all? It just keeps on going? No, no, she's shown me cute pictures of her being... Uh, wrapped up in protective gear at work and uh, going around doing PPE duty and stuff like that but it's okay she does her job and then comes over to me once a week the last topic that I did want to dive into and and sorry again I know you said that you're big about not saying sorry but I apologize (laughs) I wanted to talk about MGTOW with you Um, what are your views on this so MGTOW, for anyone who doesn't know it, and um, for anyone who doesn't know it, it means, it's an acronym, I guess, uh, men going their own way. So there are different levels to MGTOW. Um, a lot of it comes from guys getting hurt, guys that have been burned in relationships or divorces. And so there are guys who are just saying that I'm out completely or I'm semi-out and not going to play games and get trapped into anything or accused of anything. So um, there are guys that just, there are guys that kind of have left the plantation and that's who I am, but it's kind of weird because I'm not going to I'm a guy that's gone his own way, but I haven't left. I have more women now than ever. But the thing is, I'm just very cautious. That's my thing, you know? 
I'm very cautious as far as my statement of who I am and what I'm here for and how much I will care for you. You set the rules. If we have a sexual relationship and we go down, a, if we go down a list of sexual activity, like from Fifty Shades of Grey, of what is the things that you're fine with, then that's okay. If you say you're not up for anal, which I don't really care that much about it anyway, if you say that you're not for it, then fine. I'm not going to push it. But um, with MGTOW, there's, there's all the way down to incels. So incels are involuntary celibate. I, if I was an incel, I wouldn't call myself incel. I would call myself voluntary celibate. But I guess that's guys who are just guys that can't get a date. And so they're just choosing to not even try. There are guys that are MGTOW monks. They just say, okay, I'm not going to play the game. I don't have money. I, I don't, I've been burned by a bad divorce or bad girlfriend, so I'm going monk mode. I'm going to be celibate. I'm going to not even try, not date women, not even short term. So they're monks. They just are celibate guys. Um, but for me, it just comes down to I'm not, I'm not going to play around trying to trying to avoid any problems I don't want any drama I don't want any verbal abuse any physical abuse any emotional abuse I'm not going to give it out and I'm not going to accept it I just am a guy that's cautious I used to be a guy at work that's very very crazy humor wise but for me that's toned down a lot because um I just know that I, where I work, there's cameras in my office, and it's pointed right at me while I'm working, and I'm perfectly fine with that. I will talk to people, and I work with a guy, and so we'll have a little bit of dirty conversations, but it's not really superly bad. But with women around, I won't do that. I know that I'm not going to – I would never date a woman at work. I would probably never date a woman at a place like a grocery store or somewhere else where if we broke up, I would still have to see her all the time. So with sexual harassment, I'm not, I'm not even going to joke about that kind of stuff at work anymore because stuff comes up. And for me, if anything came up where somebody said something, I did it, I would rather have a camera in my face so that I could prove I didn't do it, you know? Yeah, I mean... We're, we're welcome to having a part two because I feel like there's so much more stories that we could dive into with you if you're willing at one point but uh, we thank you so much like I said it's been a while since we've gotten an episode done and done any recording but we're happy to come back and bring out this episode I respect you as a lady and I respect you sir and you guys have a great day All thank right, you, you Steve you as well thank All you right. Goodbye. bye Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the Hush Podcast. Make sure to find us on Podbean, Red Dragons Radio, Google Play Music, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, thehushpodcast.com, our Facebook, our Instagram, and our Twitter page.